Hello, and welcome to Never a Dull Moment, a talk show and podcast for angels and founders. Ziad of Boston Harbor Angels has fun with co-hosts and guests as they discuss and debate all topics from the world of startups and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the conversation. Now, here they are. Enjoy the show. All right. Okay, so let's start. Let's do a quick, um, let's call it whatever it's called these days, elevator pitch. Let's go around the room and say your first name and what your company does. Hello, my name is Vanessa Williams Harvey. I'm the founder and CEO at Deuce 24, where we are creating the HippoClin app, which is an electronic health record for clinical students to have access to any electronic health records during required clinical training. Nice. From Excellent. Excellent. Good to have you. Next. Hi, I'm Diane McIntosh, uh, founder and CEO of Yato. Um, it is a tech-enabled clean beauty and wellness brand, and we help women invest in their well-being by merging apothecary with robotics. Nice. Next. My name is Yves Perez. My startup is launching an indirect competitor app to Airbnb, but it's only for traveling workers, medical workers, construction workers. Uh, it's called WorkBnB, and we're based out of Reno, Nevada. Nice. Love to visit. Uh, next. Perfect. Uh, my name is Stanley Ramon, founder and CEO of Renabest. So we're a marketplace where new and experienced investors can find any chat platform, better professional influencer best suited for them. So we do this by aggregating, you know, the social investing communities that you would typically find on Discord, Slack, Telegram on one platform while still having access to market data, charting information, and buying and selling um, uh, securities by practice. Okay, next. Damon Austin, uh, COO of Gaia Ag Tech. Uh, I'll allow my uh, CEO next to me to give the pitch. Oh, <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> How you doing? So my name is Thaddeus Payton. I'm the CEO of Gaia Agricultural Technology. Uh, we're a growth solution that intersects at hydroponic growing and uh, renewable energy, uh, helping farmers enhance their growing methods. Excellent. Excellent. And you're putting, all, you're putting yourself out there presenting going around and I know you're part of the road pitch. You're going from city to city to present your startups. It's exciting stuff. I have a lot of admiration for founders been doing this for a long time and um, uh, look up the seven H's of Boston Harbor Angels. And those are the criteria of each founders. And let's see how many of these you guys have and what you're trying to, 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 to do to the planet, to make the world a better place. So, um, Let's start, let's start with maybe one question. Let's do another round and, um, and ask you a single question of what do you think is the best attribute for a founder? Why, why are you the one that's going to make this startup successful? Okay, let's go around the table. This is Vanessa with Juice 24. I think I am the founder to make this venture that we're embarking on a success because I think the opportunity has been available for anyone for uh, several, a long time, and no one has stepped up to the plate. So now that I'm shaking things up and bringing this disruptive technology 
and making it available. I think that the people who this pain point is addressing will take hold and aggregate to it and really appreciate that someone is looking out for them. It's like people want to be heard and we hear and I'm hearing them and listening to them, listening to them and we're making a difference in, in, in their lives. And what's success to you? Success to me is no longer um, making money. It's making a difference. I think we can end the show right here, right now. Yeah. Uh, okay, next. I think this is a great, the whole industry is moving to making a difference, not just uh, stakeholders, not shareholders. So next, what's, what's, uh, why are you the right person for your startup? Um, well, the lack of safe and inclusive products um, is a pain point that is close to me. It's, I've experienced it and been negatively impacted by both of those issues. And so I'm building from a place of familiarity and um, I'm on a mission to change that around. I'm creating a solution for myself and other women who need a similar solution. Um, I think for founders, the number one um, attribute they need to have is resourcefulness. At least that's that's been the key for me. Um, a lot of times we're working with limited resources and not a lot of um, uh, capital, right, to build you know our our dreams or whatever it is we're looking to build and make a difference. And um, just being able to to have the ability to be curious, to be resourceful and resilient. It makes a huge difference in how much traction you get and how far you go. Are you willing to 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 put in all your time, all your energy for at least seven years to make your startup successful? Uh, done that. <laughs> Been there, done that. Okay, <laughs> excellent. And tears. Um, right. savings. Everything has gone into this, so I am fully committed. Nice. By the way, the people at the end are have an unfair advantage. They've been thinking about the questions, so we might mix it up. Okay, next. You guys have been doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Yves Perez with WorkBnB. Um, my answer is just very short. It's about discipline. You know, we're in a recession right now. This is wartime. This requires discipline. You have to be focused on your clients and be obsessed, and it takes discipline to do that. Uh, and as far as like what gets me out of bed, you know, I have one big opportunity to change the lives of millions who travel to work just to do their jobs. So I'm here, I'm committed, I'm disciplined, and I'm ready to go. Nice. All right, next person. Yeah, this is Stanley uh, Ramon with Run Events, and I want to piggyback on um, my buddy here. So, um, I mean, discipline, but like as well as persistence. I think to be a founder, you don't have to be the smartest person um, in the world to be able to build a great business that's impactful, that's inspiring. Um, but you gotta, you know, believe that the problem that you're solving, um, that you want to continue, you know, doing that work. You just mentioned, you know, how many years it kind of takes to make something happen, you know, seven years. Um, and at the end of the day, like this, you have to believe like, you know, this is what you want to do for the rest of your life. If, you know, 
yesterday, if, if tomorrow was the last day and, you know, um, the legacy that you're creating, you know, um, do you feel like it's what you've done is impactful? Um, you know, for me, why I want to, why I'm the best person to do this is because um, I started uh, investing in 2020, bought my first stock. I feel that's a little bit too late. Uh, right. And so, um, you know, ideally, you know, growing up, I only understood how to just like save money, which is difficult in itself. <laughs> we just find ourselves, you know, just spending the money that we ended up wanting to get. And so um, when I started investing, I seen how um, life changing it could potentially be from a financial freedom perspective. And, you know, growing up, you know, with my boys, we grew up in the inner city of Boston. You know, none of us ever invested. You know, we're all African-American males. And so as soon as I started investing and, you know, kind of showed them what I was doing and now they're all investing and we're all improving our personal finances. And I I think that's what matters is to be able to improve, you know, your personal life, but be able to have an impact in, you know, your community uh, close or um, outside of that. So, um, so yeah, I see the problem that I'm solving, you know, I'm tackling it every day. And so uh, hopefully we'll be able to, you know, make that on a greater scale. Okay. Excellent. And then the CEO, COO team who wants to do it. I'll take it. Uh, I skipped the first one. Uh, <laughs> David with uh, Gaia Ag Tech. Uh, without repeating what any of the other founders said, I think uh, coachability and flexibility is a great trait to have for founders. We've been lucky enough to have some really good advisors and mentors in our corner that have pushed us uh, and challenged us to rethink um, some of the ways we approach our business, some of the ways we approach our markets. Uh, and I think we're just super lucky to have them in our corner and it's helped guide us to where we are today. Um, I won't say why I'm the best person, but I think we're the best team to accomplish this just because of the talent we have. We've grown up in the exact environments that we're trying to affect change in. Um, and I think we have a unique standpoint, a unique uh, perspective on how to approach the problem. Excellent. So you guys are the hypo, hypo uh, I can never say it hydroponic agriculture and sustainable energy, right? Yes. So let's let's talk about that for a second. So you're saying you can grow food and generate energy all at the same time with one device. Yes. yes. Can you do it really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, we have an MVP that we were able to make out of... Uh, just some regular parts that you would find at your local Home Depot uh, or Lowe's. Uh, and that led us to an engineering team down in Atlanta who's going to take that basic design or basic creation uh, and make it come to life into a, a real scale and, and modular product. Uh, so to answer your question, yes, 100%, we know we can do it. Because this is a game changer if you can combine basically growing food and generating energy. And... Um, it's a big market. So what type of food would you grow in your device? Yeah, so our, our beachhead products, specifically uh, microgreens, strawberries, cucumbers, tomatoes, uh, cannabis is not a food, but obviously makes sense just in terms of being able to grow hydroponically. Uh, there are most vegetables that you can grow outside of soil. You can't be, can't be grown hydroponically or, uh, or in a vertical grow. Uh, so ultimately outside of anything that has a root like carrots or potatoes, uh, just about anything, including melons, as well as even tree saplings. So uh, is this for the, uh, who's your customer? Is this for the home or for businesses? 
Well, initially, we're moving towards businesses and, and government entities such as USDA, National Forest Service, uh, uh, in terms of uh, B2B, again, nurseries, uh, flower growers, as well as uh, large-scale uh, hydroponic growth, such as Bowery Farms and businesses of that nature that are already using hydroponics. Uh, it's definitely be an enhancement to what they're already doing. Who invented it? Uh, a gentleman by the name of DeMarco Millard, who's an inventor and actual co-founder of The Box. Uh, based out of uh, out of uh, Washington D.C. area, and and so and then what's the energy that you create? Is it electricity? Is it what? Uh, electricity. So in a twenty-four hour span, using one turbine in a box uh, generates two hundred eighty-one kilowatt hours in a twenty-four hour cycle. And it's generated from what? From the water um... pumping, water pumping through the system through turbines. So. As a turbine spins, it generates friction, and that friction generates electricity. And that electricity can be drawn from the box and applied to either a battery source, or it can actually be directly plugged into a lamp or whatever appliance may be. And then you're making electricity to light up the, uh, to generate this, the, the, the rays, the, this, the sun, not the sun, but the, those lights to grow the food. So it, it, in, in farming operations, you have everything from HVAC to refrigeration to lighting, uh, as well as even robotics to some extent. So ultimately, the energy can be used for whatever the end user is, is identifor, identifying it for, even as far as maybe even, uh, just selling energy back to the grid, uh, just to put some additional money back in your, in your pocket from the bottom line. Nice. And so, again, how do you generate energy? Is it, you said it's water? So you have to be yeah. near a water source. So there's a submersible pump that goes into uh, basically a tote or a, 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 a bowl or bucket of water. Uh, and that water is put in either, it can be put in man-made with a hose pipe or inserted with a jug or whatever the case may be, or it can be drawn on from a lake or a natural water source just fed into the system. Once the water is in the system, it's uh, a, a, hydro, a hydraulic pump uh, pumps the water throughout throughout the system, spraying the seeds or uh, the roots of a plant, as well as, again, continuously flowing through and, and making sure it's turning turbines to constantly generate the electricity. Okay. So you can plug it into your home. So you're, you're, you're getting water from a source. You still have to pump that water. It could be electric or solar. Okay. And what's uh, what's your goal? Uh, our goal is to have a severe impact on urban infrastructure, specifically where there is a food desert and where there's energy insecurity. I know that sounds like a, a, a large goal, but ultimately that's our goal. In terms of uh, business-wise, uh, I, I think the sky's the limit in terms of where we're going with this just because of how the magnitude of the problem given crises globally, whether it's war, I think Yves mentioned earlier, as well as climate change with droughts, uh, where people aren't even able to grow food, where they haven't actually dig underground to actually just get roots uh, of vegetables. So uh, I think that uh, there's there's a wide gamut of things that we could do, but ultimately at this point, we're just looking to grow our business to scale. Okay, where are you based? Uh, based out of Baltimore, Maryland, but our team is uh, spread out throughout the Southeast. Okay. Have you raised money up till now or you're um, still new? At this point, we have a safe, open, uh, pre-money valuation of $3 million, uh, raising $150,000, of which we've raised relatively small amount with uh, just 20000 at this point with family and friends. Okay, cool. We're, we're not supposed to 
pitch for money on the show, but this is just information. So, okay, let's uh, let's jump. We'll get back. We'll come back to you guys. Um, who wants to? We don't have to go around the table. Who wants to go next? Just put your hand up. I don't know. Got- All right, go. Someone jump in. Start talking. All right. Uh, this is Yvette Perez with Work BNB. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really excited about what we're building because uh, for far too long, uh, traveling workers uh, have been subject to some of the worst housing conditions in the country. Uh, when employers cannot find safe and decent housing, the alternative is living in hotels and motels for months. And you don't get a sense of, of feeling valued with experiences like this. So we founded WorkBnB to build the best workforce booking experience in the world. Uh, all of the other competitors are focused on vacation travel and white collar business travel, business meetings, conventions, all that type of stuff. Uh, but uh, the blue collar workers of this country that you know repair our roads, bridges, highways, uh, power infrastructure, they get the uh, the bottom of the barrel. So uh, as far as timing, our timing is impeccable. Uh, uh, since COVID, vacation rentals have seen a steep decline in occupancy. And anybody who has a rental property uh, uh, can testify to this, that they have seen their bookings at a historic low and you know, the timing for us is is uh, incredible because at the time of building our product, we did not know that the U.S. government was going to pass a $1.3 trillion Infrastructure Investment Act, which is effectively going to cause 12 million construction workers to travel over the next 10 years. They call it the Infrastructure Decade. So uh, since building the product, we have worked hand in hand with both sides of our marketplace. Uh, the construction companies love our product. Uh, in fact, our very first client uh, became an angel investor and he had uh, cut a check himself. And then when we started to make our other partnerships, uh, angel, more angel investors came forward and cut checks. So even the CEO of the bank that we bank at cut checks. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, so are you wait, again, are you up and running? Are you is your product now functional in in the market? Yes. So so uh, we are doing what's called alpha testing uh, because we can do booking in multiple states. Um, essentially, we're making it a limited release at currently. We're getting ready for a very large scale beta launch, um, which our app will be in the app store. Uh, uh, this spring. So, so right now it's limited release. Okay. Okay. Two great companies so far. Uh, wow. Uh, next, we'll get back to you as well. Who wants to go next? I'll go next. All right. Hi, my name is Dio McIntosh, um, founder and CEO of Yato. And what we're doing is revolutionizing how people um, interact with beauty and wellness. We've merged the idea of concept of a traditional apothecary with new age robotics to give um, consumers experiential retail. 
so they have access to clean natural ingredients and products and they get to interact with the robot to get their products on demand and as well as customize their products and um, our goal our mission with what we're building is to help women especially invest in their well well-being um, because that ultimately um, affects and impacts the quality of life so do you make the products right there on the spot in the store using a robot? Yes. Yeah, so the idea is to um, create a network of kiosks around the U.S. Um, uh, to make it convenient for consumers. So at any time they have access to this robot, it stores their order history, their preferences. Um, the kiosks collect data, which is created using AI and machine learning. Um, all to optimize the customer experience. But yes, do you, does it sell ready-made products or it mixes, for example, shampoo for soft hair? It mixes a custom shampoo for you and it delivers, it gives it to you. So we have um, pre-made products. Um, we have a patent for the robot, um, an application that customizes products right there, um, tailored to whatever your wellness goals are. And so um, people are able to customize their own hair oils or skin oils. And um, yeah, it's a two-pronged approach. I'm losing my hair. So do you have a product that's <laughs> hair loss? <laughs> we actually have a growth oil. Okay. Excellent. Wow. Okay. Next. So Stanley, we're Brenda Best. So, I mean, investing is difficult. Uh, Improving your financial literacy um, from a, a personal standpoint um, can be difficult as well, or finding vetted professionals, influencers that you trust to be able to, you know, help you grow your personal uh, finances as well or wealth. Um, it's not easy. And so, you know, my personal experience is just going on YouTube, going on Google and taking a, a long approach to be able to find um, and teach myself how to invest or how to, you know, the best individuals to learn from to save money. Um, it's such a process and, um, you know, a lot of time needs to be taken to be able to do that. But when I did, I, you know, I found communities on Slack, Discord, um, in which I was able to invest with other individuals who had 10, 15 years of experience. And so, um, you know, obviously you don't want to take financial advice from anyone, but if you're able to, you know, learn from other individuals to be able to have conversations on a day-to-day -day basis, understand and see and gain knowledge from individuals who um, have been successful in, in spaces in which you, you know, you may not have, um, you know, it helps improve my personal finances, you know, um, diverse my personal portfolio. And so that's what Renovest does is it makes it, it makes it easier from a discovery standpoint to be able to find um, these communities that are on Discord, Slack, Telegram, that typically you would have to be invited to, to you know, join these communities, or you would have to do a, a lot of research to be able to find um, these communities. And so um, we aggregate them on one platform. So from a profile perspective in which now you can be able to go on Renovest, uh, search and filter, uh, find uh, Discord or Slack chat room, uh, see what the reviews of their members have to say about it, whether it's written or video uploads. And um, now you can be able to see a video of a current member mention that, you know, I made $2,000 from this chat room that helped me pay rent, or I made 50000 that was able to help me purchase a house. 
And so now it gives you that added extra information, transparency and trust to be able to, you know, put your money down, join that community and be able to make, um, you know, whatever type of amount that you're looking from and be able to have an opportunity to obtain financial freedom. And so the idea is, I think, especially, you know, we service not only trading, you know, from a short or long term basis, but um, financial literacy looks different from uh, from everybody. You know, that could be you might be interested in real estate investing, or you just want to, um, you know, learn how to just budget and save, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. And there's individuals who can be able to learn from, and so, or you just want to find a financial independent advisor to be able to help maximize your four hundred one k. Or if you're just graduating college, understanding how important it is to establish a Roth, for, uh, Roth IRA right after, and that's pretty much easy money for you. And so with Renovest, it uh, makes that discovery easier. So, you know, think about Kayak. So you aggregate, you aggregate information to help investors. You don't invest or you're not an investment platform. You're more of an information platform. Yeah, so we'll also have market trends. So you'll see how the market is doing from updated news. Um, you'll be able to look up any stock and see their charting information, see you know how they're doing their earnings. But we're going to also establish a paper trading um, platform in which you can be able to buy and sell fake money. So while you're having these conversations, you're also you know, being able to buy yourself like you would be able to on any brokerage, but now you can see how successful you would be. And then now take, you know, your own personal efforts to be able to go on your brokerage and buy yourself from there. Um, so we want to get those individuals to join in on those conversations, take their financial literacy um, into their own hands, um, you know, take it more seriously. And, you know, for me, I, I started day trading every day from not day trading ever. And, you know, and so, um, you know, it's definitely a big change of, you know, perspective of what, you know, free my financial freedom can look like. And I think that discovery and access to resources and individuals should be easy to find for everybody. So it's a financial independence and financial literacy. Okay, excellent. Um, last one, Vanessa. Yes, it's Vanessa. So what we are wanting to create is 100% access for clinical students to have access to the electronic health record since nurses today can expect to spend 30 to 50% of their workday using an electronic health record. So we feel that that training while they're in school is valuable, it's important, it's vital to their success once they complete their studies and are practicing professionals. Excellent. And um, how far along are you? Well, I'm happy to report that we are currently building out our first product, which is the HIPAA app. We have passed the design phase and progressing to the development phase and expecting to have beta testing in uh, April of this year and a launch later this early summer. And then are you, what's your goal to make the lives of nurses easier? Well, it's just not, we're not, we started Focusing on nursing, but we broadened broadened our market to include all clinical students. It's to help these clinical students be better prepared as they transition from students to actual practitioner to so that they have this training tool of the electronic health record. Because currently only 20% of nursing students get the access to the electronic health record where all clinical students need this practice and training because they are, are required to go through um, clinical training 
during their school and study programs. So we're giving them the access that they don't have due to risk, resources, things of that nature. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, wow. Well, it's interesting that when you hear entrepreneurs, and we've been doing this forever, um, if you remember what each one does, that's a big step forward. <laughs> and in this case, I remember every single one, what you do, and uh, it's fairly easy to understand. Um, so let's go around the room one more time and discuss what do you think is going to be your biggest challenge? Um, and let's start with Vanessa this time. What do you think you, is going to be your biggest challenge in the next two years? My biggest challenge, I believe, is changing the mindset of the my market and especially the decision makers. They've been doing the same thing for many years and change is difficult for everyone. So changing that mindset and also um, many of the stakeholders and the decision makers in my market, they are currently in contracts with other um, some of my competitors and they have to definitely fulfill their current contracts. So that's why we broaden our market to include other clinical programs. And also we decided on a B2C um, business model as well, because many of the um, students we talked to, they want this access. And, and a lot of them can't afford the technology fees. So we've made our product affordable and our price point for students and individuals, we're calling them independents. They can go out and, to, and log on to our app and purchase it for themselves. Okay, excellent. Uh, next, go ahead. Uh, this is Dio with Yato. Um, the biggest challenge is definitely that the beauty and wellness industries is oversaturated. I mean, it, it completely is. And so being able to break in that, into that market and sort of like create, um, uh, find our people, find product market fit and just make a name for ourselves like, like amidst the noise is going to be a challenge. But the good thing is that um, consumer behavior is shifting to um, value and expect um, experiential retail. They want more tech forward um, options and solutions. They want clean, they want natural, and we have all those things wrapped up in one. And so we are very confident that we'll be able to sort of like cement ourselves as leaders um, in the beauty and wellness Are you, do you have a co-founder or, or it's just you? No, I am a solo founder. And okay. uh, yeah, I like to say that, um, well, I'm not an engineer um, by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm a woman on a mission and everything I've accomplished from, you know, learning to code a robot to um, getting our patent, all of that has been um, as a result of my resourcefulness and resilience. And uh, yeah, it's gotten me this far. Nice. Excellent. Okay, next. All right, this is Yves Perez again with Word B and B. All right. Uh, our biggest challenge that we face uh, is pretty unique. Uh, <clears throat> we do not see demand gen as a problem. In fact, currently right now we have 1,400 companies on a beta wait list. 
We have nine six-figure pilots in process. So our biggest uh, uh, growth problem is scaling the marketplace. Uh, we have a speed-to-market problem. The big companies like Booking.com, uh, various others that are doing white-collar travel will start to see what we're doing. They will try to chase after us. Even though we have a moat that we're building on the tech side, uh, we need to get as many properties on the platform as possible. So I actually see ourselves uh, being at a deficit on demand for the next two years. We're not going to have enough properties. Uh, even though I'm on track to add 500,000 properties by the end of the year, that's our goal. Uh, we need angel investors to help us scale this company up. Um, now, we are focused on several key markets, such as Atlanta, New York, um, Dallas, Fort Worth, Las Vegas. These are markets that are experiencing short-term rental regulations <laughs> that are crushing those, uh, those uh, property owners. So we're convincing them to pivot away from vacation rentals and focus on workforce rentals as kind of like a growth hack which is working very well. So we're onboarding thousands of properties in 39 states. Uh, we need to go as fast as possible on that. And that's going to be our problem for two years. So do you have a co-founder or is it just you? Yeah, so we have a team of five uh, and we're, uh, we're currently hiring. Okay. Five co-founders? Yes. Yes, sir. So who makes it? Every decision needs to be approved by five people. Uh, actually, uh, great question. Uh, no, I'm the chairman and CEO, so uh, the bug stops with me. But, uh, <laughs> Excellent. You know, we we have a uh, um, uh, a wonderful president that's leading product development. So I'm not you know over bogged and doing too many things. Uh, we have customer success agents, and we also have customer um, uh, quality assurance agents, because that's the other thing. A lot of these platforms that are out there right now, you've heard of things like on Craigslist with scams, fake properties, stuff like that. We're doing a lot to verify the properties from the get-go, because traveling workers do not have the luxury of going to a property and it's a fake listing. Uh, that has happened on the other vacation rental platforms where workers would go and try out renting a house and they show up and there's no house. It's an empty lot because nobody was verifying the properties. So in this B2B platform of ours, we don't have time to waste. We cannot lose these customers. So verifying properties is important. the place? It does the company, the construction company rents the place or the worker rents the place? Yes, it's the construction company. The companies are doing what's called a third-party booking. They're booking for their employees. So the employees have no choice but where to stay. They get okay. their housing assignment. So, um, again, when they cannot find safe and decent housing, the alternative is putting these workers in hotels and motels because that's easy and fast. But okay. employee morale is low when you're staying at a motel for nine months. Excellent. 
What's great, you guys are all, you're not in competition with another, one another and you're in different states, which is even better, but you're in competition for investor dollars. So it's an interesting situation. Uh, and we see it all the time with startups that need to raise money. All right, um, next. Yes, yeah, Stanley um, with Renovest. So um, we're in final developments of our first MVP, so which we're really excited about. But now uh, that means we have to enter, obviously, go to market. And being a marketplace, um, you know, there's the chicken and egg, egg uh, problem that everyone from a marketplace standpoint has to be able to solve. Um, and being able to establish our focus is on the supply side. Um, and, you know, taking into consideration, there's that co-start problem. You know, we're trying to make sure that we're aligning ourselves to be able to get in front of as many, you know, particular experts or individuals that we would focus on the supply side to be able to drive um, our product in our market. Because we know on the demand side, everyone is looking to be able to improve their financial literacy in one way or another. Um, again, the secondary um, aspect is, you know, I can speak for everyone in the room because we are minorities <laughs> from raising money. We've seen the numbers and how you know bad they've been for um, people of color um, and you know women as well. And so, um, considering you know we're in a down market currently right now, and a lot of us are looking to uh, raise money, so um, you know that's something that we have to you know. Uh, taking consideration while we're having these particular conversations and, you know, as we're continuing building, you know, something that we all believe in. So, um, you know, those are the couple of things that, you know, we're thinking about um, and how to be able to overcome. Excellent. All right. Back to the hydroponic device. This is Damon with Guy. Uh, I think our biggest challenge up to this point of what we've experienced is kind of getting the traditional farmer to have an open mindset about innovation. When we speak to current hydroponic farmers, they get it right away. They understand the benefit and kind of the value add of what we bring to the table. Some of the traditional farmers that have been in the game for 20, 30, 40 years, they kind of have that family business and they're set in their ways of how they've been doing things have been, uh, I'll say, a little slow to kind of allow us to get a foot in the door to have that conversation, to understand where our value add could be. Um, we've started to get a little bit of traction with a couple of farmers who are trying to offset what they do in the off season um, and understanding what we, bring, what we bring to the table as far as being able to grow during that what would normally be that downtime for them. Uh, so uh, definitely just the mindset of the traditional farmer that's been doing it for a while and getting them to be open to adopting our patented solution. Okay. Excellent. Um, okay, now let's go back around the room, however way you want to start, and then ask a question. Ask me a question. Let's start with, uh, let's go back to Vanessa. Yes. Okay, so you're an angel investment company. What are you currently looking for? Do you, I looked on your website briefly. Are you specifically looking for a particular market to go into or is anything? Um, we're looking for great founders who are going to literally make the world a better place and execute on a plan. Um, and and be successful 
make a return for the investors and um, and then also uh, know how to manage a company, how to have a great relationship with investors and how to create value. That's okay. what we've been looking for forever. Well, I saw on your website, you have a wide range of funding that you are able to provide. Now, is that based on what the what the founder is requesting or just what you feel like the worth of uh, the value of what the founder has to offer? Well, we're, we're um, each angel group is different. We are industry agnostic and geography agnostic. So um, founders come present their project. And if people like it, then they hear more and go through diligence and invest. So it's, uh, it's a dating process between investors and founders. It's as simple as that, because investors need to believe that you can do what you set out to do and, uh, um, and make a change and um, be successful. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, who else has a question? Uh, Daya McIntosh, you um, you said you've been doing this for a long time and that you guys are really good at it. So what's the one sort of one thing you've seen across all the successful companies you've had that you feel has enabled them to, you know, achieve their goals or like a certain level of, of success? It's uh, by far the founders. Founders who understand what they're doing, what uh, how they're doing it, how to execute how to deliver my, uh, value milestones, how to interact with investors. Um, whenever I'm doing coaching, I tell people, why do you need to raise money and get investors? Now you're beholden to your investors. They are, uh, you need to deliver on what you're, what you're uh, trying to achieve. So it's by far the founders. Um, I mean, obviously you can have a great science. We've invested in biotech, but um, all the great success stories we've had, you can point to a founder or co-founder um, and see what, and we've developed what we call the seven H's are the criteria for great founders, which are common uh, across the board. What do you think about solo founders? Do you guys? Um... Yeah, it's all, it doesn't matter. We want dedicated founders who are, Again, the seven H's, they're humble, they're hungry, they're hard workers, they're honest, they have a sense of humor, they have a humanity, and they also have a sense of being in a hurry uh, because we're not going to wait 15 years. Go ahead. All right. Yves Perez again from uh, Work B&B. So my question that I always ask uh, investors, uh, do you believe traveling workers matter? Absolutely. And uh, they need to be taken care of. They need to be treated well. And uh, um, what you're doing, and you're asking me a question that makes me say how great your startup is. So this is a brilliant question. Well done. Thank and, you. Uh, well, you know, the reason why I asked this question is because, you know, if you don't believe in what we're doing, then we're not on the same page. Absolutely. 
you know, what I tell investors is this is an urgency because fires happen, floods happen, hurricanes happen, and thousands of workers have to be deployed uh, to save people, to rescue people, your loved ones, your friends, your family members. Um, they risk their lives every single day. And uh, again, when employers cannot find safe and decent housing, they get stuck with the worst situations. And I'll give you a very quick example. Uh, back in 2021, there was a condo that collapsed in South Florida. Did you hear about that? Yes. Now that is far away from you. You're all the way up here in the Northeast. That's all the way in the Southeast, okay? But essentially there were workers that came from New York and Boston that had been flown down there to rescue people that were in the building. It was the height of vacation rental season. So all of the, the, the Airbnbs, the VRBOs, the hotels, they were all booked. And those essential workers had to sleep in tents for six nights. Now imagine you have to work a 14 hour shift to rescue somebody who is stuck in a building, but there is nowhere for you to stay. So uh, what the city had to do was they had to clear out a homeless camp. It smelled, it had uh, needles on the ground, they had to clear this homeless camp out, set up tents, and those workers, again, had to sleep on the street for six nights. And to me, that's un-American. Not when we can build a tech product and get it deployed and make people happy. That is why we're here. Great. <laughs> Excellent. Um, all right, next. Two more questions. Love having to go after every single time. <laughs> How can you go after this big speech, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I love that you invest in founders, and you know it's obvious that you know we're all amazing founders here. <laughs> but when I do have conversations with investors, like what are your actual metrics for a pre-seed founder? Because there are things that you're going to want to see, and I think it's important for us when we're having these conversations. Uh, to be able to know that. So we're aligning ourselves to, you know, position ourselves, you know, for funding. And so does that look, those metrics look different from um, a pre-seed perspective and then also a seed perspective? Yes. And 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 I, I advise founders all the time to understand deal mechanics and to understand what investors mean by value creation milestones and then also work your way back from the exit so things make sense to the investors. So when you say, okay, my valuation is 6 million and 10 million and this and that, and uh, uh, and you, you have to send a clear message that you understand investors. If you say I'm opening a safe, you need to understand what that means for an investor. And if people had bad experiences with safes, what, what it means to them, would they prefer a convertible note? So I tell I tell founders, spend time online or with investors, try to really understand deal mechanics because you can have a very successful business and investors don't make any money. And you can have a successful business that turns into a lifestyle business where you're, you're making money, the founders are making money, but the investors are not. So uh, that's a clear message to the investor that you understand what it is 
and how it is to raise money and in what format and how you you're not basically dismissing the investors needs philosophies um and how to um uh, create an environment where we're all on the same boat otherwise because if investors don't have a return so they put more money in the system and invest in more companies they, they will stop doing it um uh, and then valuations cap tables um and how it all interacts to create i always uh do the analogy with cooking you have all these ingredients you have to mix them right at the right time if you put the onions at the end it doesn't work for certain dishes so um okay last one we're back to the uh, hydroponic team hold on i think to follow up so what type of traction are you looking for for pre-seed and seed as well so i thank you for the, the previous answer yes um so traction it, well first of all, it it varies there's no real formula that says you need to be generating this type of revenue. There's, you just need to present a situation that is that makes sense. What we don't do is we don't invest in projects. We don't invest in science experiments. We don't invest in ideas. We invest in companies, teams, something that already exists that has a structure of some kind, um, think about the investors, they need to be protected, invest through a vehicle that has certain level of checks and balances, protections, um, and, and make the case. The, a great entrepreneur can sell ice to the Eskimos, make the case for what you're doing, which you already all have done brilliantly, I might say, and uh, always also think about investors with some empathy. We see so many companies. To give you a scale, we get maybe at least uh, 100 to 150 applications per month. Not, and then people are reaching out to us all the time. So why you, even in this room, why you, not the other? So you have to make the case that you are the one that's going to make it happen. And, uh, um, and, and every investor has affinity. Some of them love cosmetics others want to change the world in agriculture others love clinical workers others see that uh, um, uh, the workforce uh, um, uh, resident residence problem is a big deal financial literacy so each person has different affinities thank you um all right so let's end it here First of all, I'd like to thank you and tell you that um, each one of you has an amazing project. Uh, great founders, doesn't matter your, your minority, not minority, you have a, a great, um, great endeavor, uh, adventure you're embarking on and uh, very impressive. I wish you all best of luck and um, looking forward to see you successful in, this, in the startup market. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Never a Dull Moment. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And don't forget to rate and review us. Until next time, have a great day.